Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Shelburne, Ontario. It's as rural as it gets. And when I grew up there in the 80s and 90s, it was essentially a Canadian Texas. I'm 14 at the time of this story. After Catholic school, us kids would often get together to roam in packs throughout the woods. We'd drink whatever booze we could get. And on one occasion, we scored some weed, which is a huge deal for us. You know, basically as free-spirited as a rural, religious upbringing will allow. As far as we could distance ourselves from our sheltered little boxes and escape into our own little world. All the kids in town knew each other at the time. This day, some day in late October of 92, it was just as any normal day would start out. It was pretty sunny and hot out which was unusual because A, it's late October, and B, we're two and a half hours north of Toronto, so we're pretty far up. But there it was, palpable heat and all. It was a day of boring and probably very offensive and narrow Catholic lectures. We were sick of the long day and just wanted the outdoors, which was basically like video games for us which most of us didn't have at the time. So we're well on our merry way, going hiking down onto Highway 10, and group of four, me and two other guys plus a girl. School ended at 4pm for us, and we met up a few hours after that. So it was already dusk going on dark. We thought nothing of it as we hike all the time in the woods. Although, to be fair... We had never much ventured outside of our little town, let alone check out trails stemming from the major highway. But being 14 and sheltered, we were desperate to be daring. We found a trail and made our way down it. We got very steep and thickened with vine, and getting dark, this was terribly difficult. Oh yeah, and I didn't have the right battery for our flashlights, and my parents wouldn't even let us be out there, let alone be out there with their flares. One friend managed to sneak a tent from his dad's barn and brought us firewood and matches as he snuck out. It seemed good enough for us. After the steepness leveled out, the vine thickness only slightly so, it started on a long incline which brought us to this hill that overlooked cliff faces and huge mountains and valleys. It wasn't like the flat rows of cornfields you'd see in Sudbury. A real pretty sight. We settled on this one spot, setting up a tent and a campfire. My buddy, let's call him Greg, took out the beers. I took out the joint of utterly piss-poor weed, 
and the girl, let's call her Sally, began making out with her boyfriend, Kyle. It was the classic awkward teenage phase experience, the magical kind that made you feel self-conscious and weird at the same time, but now makes you all warm and fuzzily nostalgic, you know? Well, anyway, we were just sitting there and suddenly I needed to pee. I headed down the hill face, the part with no path, just wild bushy grass. I walked down for a good little while and found an empty clearing out of sight from the others to take a leak. As I was finishing up, a glint, just a real small speck of a shiny glint, popped up far off in the distance of the valley. If I had to take a shot in the dark, I'd say it was a good half a kilometer from us. It was unmistakably a flame. Not a huge fire, but a small contained one. Like a candle, but large enough to be seen far away. So maybe like some lamp. Anyways, I figured some other people were enjoying this little sanctuary just like us. The flame floated forward, jiggling up and down. Now, I was really high and drunk at the time, so for some reason, I just kept looking at it. I was fixed for maybe five minutes when it stopped. It just stopped. Not the flame, it was still there, but it had stopped moving forward and up or down. Now I think whoever or whatever it was, they were turning to look at me maybe. But it was pitch dark and I was perhaps a quarter mile away. Oh yeah, we were being really loud, laughing hysterically and yelling and chatting, just shooting the shit. So maybe this guy had good hearing and zeroed in on the location. Honestly, it's not a detail that I care about anymore having thought this through so many times. So I zip up, and I climb up the hill, leaving the lone candle-holding stranger be. I go up and hang around with my friends, and I told them what I saw, how odd it was to see someone out with us at this time. They wanted to invite this guy over at first. Yo, we should holler at him, they said, or something like that. I told them, well, I'll show you where I saw them. And so we climbed down the side of the hill and I went up and gazed across the valley. Two flames, floating in the darkness lower in the valley, bobbing up and down towards our direction. And they're closer. Like, less than 200 yards away closer. And you know that moment when... Something you have no reason to believe is sinister just feels sinister. It's ineffable, like some sort of foreshadowing on God's part, trying to pull you from harm's boundary. But at the time, and being a teen, and with the group mentality, no one wanted to be afraid. Everyone wanted to own this land. Hey, we shouted to them. In a real casual way, like we were inviting them over. But deep down, I had no good feeling about it. Maybe, though, I thought, if we didn't act afraid, it wouldn't lure them in. 
Or maybe it's cool that they're just lost and they needed shelter. Whatever was innocuous. They made no verbal response to us, but a physical one. They stopped dead in their tracks. And at this point, they were close enough that you could hear the rustling beneath their feet. Or maybe it was just my nervous imagination. Sometimes I wonder if my buddies were as scared as I was at that exact moment. But now, they were dead silent. And still, in all regards. We were still, they were still. I don't like this, Sally said more covertly. We decided to walk up the hill, and I kind of wish we didn't. We get back to the top, it's just like a ten second walk up. And then there were two, then three, then four other flames lighting up in other parts of the valley. Parts not far from us at all, and they're all zeroing in on us. After a collective oh shit washed over us, we started packing up our stuff quickly. Four flames bobbing up and down slowly, from the bottom of the ravine up to the steep side of the hill we were on. If we sat there for ten more minutes, they'd be breathing right down our necks. It felt like forever to pack up our things, and none of us bothered to look down the ravine during that time. We all packed silently, scared. Were our parents playing a prank on us for being out so late? So everyone had packed up. The others were already rushing back up the path that we came from. And just as I was zipping up my bag, I turned around to look down just before running off. I saw from all throughout the ravine up to a good kilometer or two away, a few dozen or so candles walking towards our position, bobbing up and down, the motion of a person walking with a candle in their hands. In a few minutes, it went from being a few candles to being at least twenty. And oh damn, we must have really tampered with something not accustomed to company. But the worst part was when they were close enough. Now remember how before I said one of the candle holders was just a few hundred yards away? Well, now there were two that were very close, like approaching that spot where I was going to pee. And it was at this point that I realized that they weren't walking. They were running up that ravine, and I could hear how loud they were stomping, how the twigs were breaking underneath their feet, and most unsettling, how they were wheezing and panting. It was anything but natural sounding. It didn't sound like what an out-of-breath human would sound like. It was a mix of a pant and a sob, but strained, almost too high-pitched to be a man, kind of like the yelp of a dog or a coyote. But it was too hoarse for that and it sounded like the basis of actual words, not random cries. But nonetheless, I screamed like a little girl and I bolted off. My friends and I ran and didn't look back that night. Pure adrenaline took us to safety out of that forest, and we were more relieved than ever to be out of it. We were finally expecting our parents to be behind us, 
We'd get home and the lights would be on, or so we thought, with our parents ready to tell us how they got us good for sneaking out. How we got so scared over a few candles, and how we shouldn't be out at that time anyway. The only thing is, is when I got home, the lights were off. My window was still open, totally untouched. I crept in, peered down the halls. Yep, parents were still asleep. I checked with my friends the next morning, and they all reported back the same. The one thing that I never told my friends about was how I went back to the same spot a few months later. I was the one who knew the way, as they just followed me that night, so they couldn't have gone themselves even if they wanted to. They didn't anyway, and so I went, months later, on one of the calmer days during the harsh winter. It must have been January 1993, many months after the first incident, and on this particular day, it was freezing. I was going to tell them what I saw, Honest, I was going to tell the others that I went back, but when I got there, I decided I wouldn't tell anyone. I wouldn't tell them that I found that old trail. I wouldn't tell them I walked back up to the hill in broad daylight. And God forbid, not even the priest in my church's confession booth will ever hear this, but I swear to God, when I got there, there were hundreds of candles, stacked, dug into the ground, melted, burnt out, in the middle of a Canadian winter, I couldn't tell you how many charred candles there were, and there was burnt firewood, lots of it, like very recently burnt, whatever was out there for us that night. It was waiting for us to come back. It waited through winter.